You're listening to a Toronto Centre podcast. Welcome. The goal of TC Podcasts is to spread the knowledge and accumulated experience of global leaders, experts, and world-renowned specialists in financial supervision and regulation. In each episode, we'll delve into some of today's most pressing issues as it relates to financial supervision and regulation. The financial crisis, climate change, financial inclusion, fintech, and much more. Enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Toronto Centre podcast. I'm Shalina Visram, Program Director at Toronto Centre. This podcast will share information and practical tips to help individuals frame their thinking about mental health and wellness and provide some ideas to help proactively manage our own well-being and optimize our mental health. Our conversation will focus on mental wellness in the workplace and how leaders can support a healthy and thriving team. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking virtually with Lisa Winberg. Lisa is the Director of Growth Strategies at Altis Recruitment, a leading Canadian staffing company with offices across Canada that successfully matches over 8,500 job seekers with exciting opportunities each year. Lisa has been in the HR and talent acquisition space for over a decade and is passionate about building strong and resilient teams where people's careers thrive. She earned her master's in international employment relations and human resource management from the London School of Economics and has a special interest in organizational culture and its impact on company performance. She has worked across different industries, including education, finance, and tech, and has worked with talented individuals and companies across North America, Europe, the Middle East, and Africa. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me today, Shalina. I'm really looking forward to our chat. You're welcome. Thank you. So let's begin with the basics. What is mental wellness and why is it important to manage it? Great. Thank you for that. And I think it's really important that we frame the discussion effectively before we jump in. I think it's hard to, you know, look at a newspaper or watch the watch anything in, out there in the media today um, without seeing mention of mental health or mental wellness. And I want to I want to frame it under how we're thinking about it, how we're defining it. So actually how the World Health Organization is defining mental health. And it's defined as a state of well-being in which the individual realizes his or her own abilities, can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively and fruitfully, and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. I want to add to that pretty broad definition that mental wellness, mental health, is about a lot more than just the absence of illness. And it's the same thing, you know, there are many factors that contribute to strong mental health. And it's the same uh, 
as with our physical health, you know, just because you don't have a fever or a broken bone, that doesn't mean that you're necessarily healthy. There are always ways to improve your well-being, both physically and emotionally. And today we're going to talk about some ideas uh, to promote great mental wellness, uh, whether you're someone who finds themselves to be struggling or not. And it's just an opportunity to to really build and thrive. Um, I read something recently that, you know, wellness is a lot like the weather. You know, it's the emotional and physiological climate in which we live. And just like weather, our wellness can be affected by different systems moving through and can vary depending on the situation. Uh, so I thought that that really resonated and, and I wanted to leave that with you as, as our listeners today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think connecting to weather is a very good way to sort of uh, make it a little more easier for people to understand the concept of uh, mental wellness. So thank you for that. Um, So moving on, uh, what should managers and leaders be aware of from a mental wellness perspective of their teams, their employees, generally financial supervisors, regulators? What should the managers be aware of? Yeah, I think first and foremost, managers need to recognize that mental health and mental illness are not mutually exclusive. And by that, what I mean is that we need to be aware that an individual on our team within our organization could be experiencing some form of mental illness, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they have poor mental health and vice versa. So for example, you may have someone on your team Uh, who suffers with anxiety. However, this person may have sought out treatment, they might be on an appropriate course of medication, or they're in in counseling or managing their illness in other ways. That person might be coping very well and might be in great shape emotionally. Um, At the same time, you may have others on your team who do not have a diagnosed illness, but are not feeling really positive overall in terms of their mental health. And we're actually seeing this quite a bit today in terms of how people are feeling in light of the uncertainty around COVID and the changes to our regular lives that have occurred since March. I think a lot of people, and, and you can read different stats you know, worldwide, but an interesting stat here in Canada talked about the fact that since the pandemic uh, began back in March, over a quarter of individuals have reported feelings of depression and anxiety directly relating to the uncertainty um, around COVID and the uncertainty of all of our lives, frankly. So that's something that I think we really need to be aware of as leaders and as even as peers, just to understand that there might be uh, there might be something going on that you're not aware of. And it's just important to note that. Well, that's great. Um, I think raising awareness is sort of the first step in my view to solving problems, mm-hmm. acknowledging it and being aware of it, right? So uh, moving on to then, uh, you know, now that we kind of have some tools to be aware of what it is, let's talk a little bit about what managers and leaders can do to support staff to ensure a healthy mental wellness of their team's employees. Absolutely. And I think, again, it's really wonderful that this is now part of our regular conversation. And I think that a lot of organizations and certainly the companies that we work with at Altus, it's it's something that people, you know, whether it was top of mind before, it certainly is now. And I think that that's really, really great to sort of see that we're, it's becoming a lot more normalized. So first of all, I think managers need to stop looking at mental health in a vacuum. 
So we need to recognize that there are many factors that influence an employee's well-being, and we aren't able to influence all of them, right? You know, we talk about, you know, people being able to bring their whole self to work every day. And what that really means is that we all have different factors going on in our lives. You know, we have our personal lives, our families. Of course, work is a very big part of of our lives. Um, but it, people, and this is true whether we're talking about in pandemic times or not, people have a lot of different things going on in different areas of their life. And as leaders, I think it's really important, again, or even as colleagues and peers, that we focus our influence on the work element and try to create an environment within our professional setting that allows these employees to thrive. So when we're talking about um, emotional wellness, and I can use my company as an example, we were trying to think about, you know, what can we do to help our team members really thrive and feel like they are, you know, have their, have their best emotional wellness. And we were trying to think about different things. And we realized that it's important for people to feel emotionally well, that they're getting some sort of fulfillment and engagement out of what they're doing. So we looked at things that could ultimately drive engagement and feel strong feelings of um, support. And so things like, and we, we kind of made a checklist when you're thinking about um, conditions for people to, to feel well within their work environment. So something as simple as like, if, if the following statements are true, so the first statement being, I love what I do. If someone genuinely has passion for what it is they're doing at work, they're more likely to be engaged and to feel connected with what they're doing. So we talked about, you know, as leaders, are you engaging in meaningful conversations with your team members um, about their career? Are they in the right role? And if they're not, that's okay. Are there other roles within the organization that might be a better fit? And how can you help them get into the get into a better seat that would make them feel more fulfilled? Uh, a second statement that we would like to be we would like people to feel as true would be, you know, my overall wellness is supported by my company. So these are things like uh, group benefits, many organizations offer to their employees, um, things, things like extended insurance, and depending on what that covers, um, group coaching, and even the physical environment itself. So um, thinking about, you know, if if we were in an office or in-person setting, things like, you know, are the offices set up with you know, good, comfortable furniture? Do people feel safe in their work environment? Um, and if your organization still has people working remotely, do they have good setups? Do they feel supported um, in that way? Another really important piece, I believe, is around continuous learning and recognizing that that's different for everyone. Learning means something different slightly to everyone, but it's really about feeling like you're growing, feeling like there are new opportunities to stretch yourself and to be challenged. Um, and as organizations and as leaders, we can look at investing in um, internal and external courses, um, as an example. Um, feeling that you're proud of um, your company and the vision and, and their performance in that way. Um, and I think all of this is really underlined right now in the in the time of COVID is, you know, how how do your employees feel you've reacted? in terms of supporting their wellness during during COVID-19. So an example I can share again that we've really tried to focus on within our organization, you know, something that prior to, you know, March 
of 2020, we really prided ourselves on our in-office culture and really opportunities for teams to connect and to thrive with each other. And we've tried as much as possible and recognize it is a, it is a challenge, um, but we've really tried to capture some of what made our team special and what made people love coming to work. Um, and we tried to do that virtually. So things like um, we organized an online fitness challenge where we had one of our employees actually teaching fitness classes a few different times a week and people could sign up to participate. We started a book club, um, just different ways for people to feel less lonely and less isolated uh, as an example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for those examples. I think it's uh, it, th those are great ideas of how to remain connected, uh, and and I think also getting to know a little bit more about uh, your colleagues, right? Yeah, book clubs are interesting ways to do that. I think uh, both it it enhances your knowledge as well as gives you an opportunity to interact with people. An example I can share from uh, Toronto Center is. As you know, most of our work prior to COVID was very much capacity building and offering training programs on the ground. But we had to shift very quickly to offering virtual programming. So one way our management uh, helped us to bring ourselves up to speed on that was to encourage us. And actually, they organized a, a, a training program for us to take so that we would learn about how to be effective trainers in the virtual world, right? So virtual strategies, um, because we were always very used to providing training on the ground. So this was an important skill for us to uh, learn. And I think that really helped us with just giving us better tools to still continue to do our job very, very effectively. And based on the feedback we received from participants, uh, you know, uh, it, it was well received. So that was very, very uh, helpful for us uh, to, to do. Yeah, I think it, I think it's really interesting that, you know, for there's, there's been a lot of, a lot of challenges that have been presented as a result of COVID, but I do think that there is going to be some, some really good that comes from, you know, the shifts that have had to happen due, due to accommodating and due to trying to prevent the spread of this illness. And I think one of them is really about being more thoughtful in how we are doing things and challenging our thinking around, you know, oh, we always did something in this particular way and we never really thought we had to do anything differently. And I think we're realizing, like you said, you know, rethinking how you're doing your training and how you're engaging with with individuals that you're that you're connecting with, uh, it, it forces us in a lot of ways to uh, to be more thoughtful, be more mindful of that. And I think actually, I realized I wanted to add one more thing to your original question, which is you know what is what can can managers do to support their staff? I think the number one thing is around normalizing the conversation around mental health and mental wellness. I really do believe that's the number one thing is to to make the topic a regular part of the conversation. You know, removing the stigma um, around mental health and mental wellness. I think it's about exposure. It's about incorporating mental health into regular check-ins that you're having with your team members. Um, or even, you know, even for those who aren't in leadership roles, 
connecting with your peers in a meaningful way and checking in, you know, how are you doing uh, as an organization or even as a leader of a, of a team, conducting surveys to get a pulse on how people are feeling. And then most importantly, I would say following up on what you learn. So it's not enough to just ask the question. It's then, you know, how do you follow up and how do you ensure that you're incorporating what you learn um, from those check-ins? So collectively, we should all be committed to sort of, uh, as leaders, be committed to, uh, you know, being aware and providing tools on, uh, you know, uh, healthy uh, mental wellness. But as employees and staff, we also need to be committed. So uh, can you share some tools around what employees can do to maintain their own uh, healthy, you know, uh, mental wellness? Absolutely. And I think it's a really great point that you just made. It's not it, promoting wellness within the organization can't just be a top down initiative. It really needs to be something that everyone is committed to in terms of contributing to that healthy environment. And as leadership, of course, we need to set the foundation that this is something that we value that is important to us as a company. And then I think as individuals, we all need to commit and speak up if something doesn't feel right or if they're not feeling good. And I think, again, that goes back to um, normalizing the conversation. So some things that we identified when we were thinking about this um, in terms of what are behaviors that are present in a healthy work environment um, that everyone, every employee can contribute to. Uh, I think number one, there's a ton of research out there around establishing structure and routine. I think that that's something that everyone um, can benefit from in terms of feeling a little bit more in control of what um, what they're doing. And I know that everyone's workday, the tasks that they need to do and how they go about doing it might be slightly different, but it's really setting up that routine and structure for yourself um, and having feeling like you know kind of what you're supposed to be doing. Um, I think as, as, a, as a team member, practicing active listening and making sure that you're holding yourself accountable for engaging in that meaningful way with whether it's with your leader or with your peers um you know following up truly being engaged and present especially if you're remote or distributed from each other um really showing up and and engaging that way um and this this one is just fundamental i think you know demonstrating empathy and authenticity in what it is that you're doing so especially when you're not seeing people every day, it's important, I think, to truly be authentic and be present when you are engaging. Um, so those are kind of like fundamental areas, but I think um, some general tips that that we've found to be very beneficial for, for individuals on the team is um, some basics, I think, just kind of about setting up healthy habits and healthy routines. So things like, it sounds very simple, but something as simple as, you know, drinking water throughout the day to stay centered and hydrated, maintaining good sleep hygiene, really to to support your mental state, especially when we are working uh, remotely, it could be very easy to stay up late and sleep in until a minute before you you need to start your day. And I think you know having good habits around around routine around sleep can definitely help. Um, you know, at getting some form of exercise in, whether that's in the morning, during your lunchtime, or at the end of the day, just trying to incorporate that and making it um, making it kind of a regular 
part of what you're doing. Um, we've also heard a lot of uh, individuals on our team have started to uh, engage with different meditation apps. Um, and it's, again, it's about a bit more about teaching mindfulness and really helping people, um, again, going back to that intentionality, but being, you know, intentional about how they're managing their stress. I think I already mentioned, you know, some of the cultural things we're trying to do in terms of the book club and the fitness club. I'm curious to hear from, from you, Shalina, if you have any ideas or things that you've done within your organization that have seemed to be helpful for, for your employees. Yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, I'll share examples, uh, but let me invite uh, a colleague of mine first to give some examples from her perspective. Uh, Nicole, did you want to share some examples? Yes, thank you so much, Shalina and Lisa, for inviting me into this portion of the podcast. Um, I think everything that Lisa touched on, I completely agree with, and some of those things I've even noticed in my own workplace in terms of establishing structure and routine, driving engagement and doing things that we enjoy and are passionate about through continuous learning. So something that I have found very helpful um, that my company, Jerry Lewis Inc. has helped us with is actually in personal development for the employees. So I don't know about anyone else, but for me, I'm one of those people who can't sit still. If I have nothing to do, I feel like I'm guilty of not having anything to do. I always need to be productive. One of my coworkers recently compared me to a bee, which I'm taking as a compliment. But um, one of those things is that I'm always feeling like I need to be productive. And with COVID, you know, you clearly can't be productive every single weekend or every day with your time. And that's something that I'm, that I'm acknowledging as well, is that I need to take the time to just relax and spend that time with myself and chilling down. But something that my company has been doing for us is actually personal development where we can choose what specific online courses we want to take to further our growth, whether that's professionally or even personally. So I've actually taken a couple online courses now within the past few months of the COVID pandemic, and I'm continuing to learn about different techniques that I can implement within my job and even take on to future career opportunities as well. Um, and we also have frequent touch points with each other. So checking in, like Lisa was saying, checking in with your coworkers to making sure how they're doing, how their weekend was. And I think spending those first 10 to 15 minutes during a meeting, just asking how people are really doing versus jumping straight into the content of your call is so important because oftentimes you really don't know, like you never will know what someone is going through in their personal life. And I think that's one of the things that Jerry Lewis Inc. as a small company, we're lucky that we're small in the sense that we check in with each other regularly. It's easy to keep track of how is your son doing from his doctor appointment? How did your um, you know, online class go for this thing? So checking in with coworkers, making sure that they're doing okay outside of work hours, and then practicing those continuous learning and development courses, I think, have been very helpful. Thank you, Nicole, for uh, sharing your example. I just wanted to add uh, another example to that. Recently, when the measures were reduced in our area, uh, our team actually, with the leadership of our CEO, we were invited to go for a nature trail, walks, right? Maintaining social distancing, nice weather outside. Um, so that was also another way to kind of stay connected 
Um, and of course, you need to follow the, the medical rules of you know, the local areas that you're in. So with practicing and obeying the rules when it's, it's okay to be in that small groups, to go out, or to even just you know, in a day for a couple of hours, stand and do your work, walk around and have a, take a Zoom call, right? Rather than just being uh, at one desk all day long. So those are some tangible examples that we've been practicing um, you know, at, uh, at Toronto Centre. And even with my friends, I mean, uh, friends and family, we watch small clippings of jokes online together you know, uh, or if there's a common issue that everybody is uh, wanting to discuss, we we go on WhatsApp and discuss it together. Uh, just another way to sort of stay connected and have a laugh and have fun. So, yeah, I, I think that's really interesting. I also think, you know, we have talked a lot about just the, the power of nature and kind of getting outdoors and, and feeling like, you know, you're part of something bigger than just, you know, the dark room that you happen to be sitting in. So I think that's really powerful as well. And something, some research that we've, that we've looked into um, is things around, you know, setting up your office space. Um, if you have the space in your home to separate, you know, your workspace from your life, your living space, um, that's a great way to kind of give yourself that uh, the boundaries, at least mentally. Um, so setting yourself up in a clean area, ideally separated from where you, you know where you sleep or where you eat, if that's possible. Um, if it's not, you know, still going back to that idea of routine. And so, you know, between this time and this time, even if I'm sitting next to my bed, I'm not allowed to lie down. I'm not allowed to take a nap. And when I say not allowed, I mean, you know, you're setting those guidelines for yourself. Um, and even something as small, it might seem very small, but something as small as having a plant in your working area, you know, a desk plant, well, how big or small, it doesn't really matter, but having some, uh, some symbol of nature or something, you know, living, breathing uh, can help people feel a little bit more grounded and a little less alone. So that, mm -hmm. that some interesting stuff we saw as well. That's good. Uh, I think we, we talked about a lot of good examples and practical tips that people can follow. Uh, shifting gears a little bit, we all sort of talk about uh, sometimes uh, about stress. So can you spend a few minutes sort of dis distinguishing or differentiating between is there good stress and bad stress? Uh, and is all stress bad? It's a great question. And I the answer is absolutely no, that not all stress is bad. In fact, when you think about uh the definition of the word stress, it truly is is quite neutral. So stress and the way that it's perceived can have a significant impact on the way that it influences an individual in any environment. So I mentioned, you know, stress, just to, to define it for everyone, stress is the nonspecific response of the body to any demand for change. So truly quite neutral, but where it gets its power is from how we interpret it. So the concept of good stress, or the Greek word is eustress, um, it's the kind of stress that gets you excited and focused and motivated. Uh, so, you know, if you think about a time where you've been really like in the groove at work, that's considered to be called a state of flow. And that's really positive stress. And I think a lot of people are striving to, to be in the type of environment where they get to that good stress stage. Distress is considered to be that bad stress that we talk about, you know, kind of commonly when we talk about, you know, being stressed out, 
that's kind of what distress is all about. It's a state of ill-being, kind of feeling chaotic, overwhelmed, or maybe out of control. Um, so, you know, when you frame the question, it's really interesting. Like, isn't, I think a lot of people do perceive that stress is bad. And I want to challenge us to think a little differently that when we have situations where there's no stress, you know, and as leaders, a lot of times leaders have come to me and said, you know, how can I help my team feel no stress? And I challenge them to say, you know what, you actually don't want that. Because if somebody is experiencing no stress, signs that you can, can kind of detect that that's what's happening is they might seem bored, low confidence, low engagement, and that can often lead to a lack of care, sadness, disengagement. And sometimes you might have to you know, probe a little deeper, but it might be that the employee is in the wrong seat, if that's the case, if they're truly like not stressed at all. I think in distress, so too much stress or bad stress, uh, signs could be around, you know, low engagement, people breaking down into tears, uh, feeling sleepless, or even sharing with you, you know, I've been up all night worrying about whatever, you know, deliverable I have, being frantically busy or anxious. Sometimes what you can notice is that someone might feel so overwhelmed, they really don't even know where to start, which could result in, you know, the behavior might show up as, you know, oh, this person's such a procrastinator, or they're easily distracted, they might have errors in their performance. And then, like I mentioned, with good stress, the signs there are that someone seems to be having pleasure from their performance, they ask questions, they want to get engaged in the social elements of work, um, and they thrive on being busy. So, you know, when Nicole said she she always likes to have something to do, that to me is a sign that, you know, she is engaged and she's passionate about what she's doing. Um, you know, I've not I've not seen your performance reviews, but I'd imagine that you know it would say you know you have strong performance and good high confidence um, within within what it is that you're doing. And I think it's important that the employer or the the leader should really recognize the achievements that are coming from these individuals and show commitment to investing in that person's continuous growth. So mm -hmm. it's really a spectrum. And I think you know if you think about it like an arc, we have no stress on one side, then we have the good stress up you know, at the top of the crest or in the middle. And then, you know, if something, if too much comes on your plate and too much comes your way, it could lead to distress. Um, so I think, does that answer your question in terms of framing it? Absolutely, right. And I think it's just to, to understand that there are different types of stresses mm -hmm. also helps us to cope with it, right? Yeah. So, uh, so thank you for that. So you've you've covered a lot of things in the last uh, uh, a little while. Perhaps we can take a moment here uh, to give you an opportunity to sort of summarize some of your key takeaways for us. Yeah, absolutely. I think I have three main takeaways for for our listeners today. So I would say number one, uh, as employers or managers, leaders, and peers. It's important to normalize the conversation about mental wellness. Wellness really can't thrive without a conscious effort to acknowledge and support it. So that would be number one, normalize, normalize the conversation. So the second one would be around um, modeling empathy and openness. So that would be, you know, if, if someone that you work with, whether they be an employee or a colleague is struggling and you don't feel equipped to deal with it or support them on your own, get support yourself. Reach out to HR, your benefits providers. If you have an EAP, you know, rely there, call in the professionals. You wouldn't try to treat a broken ankle yourself 
unless you are a doctor listening to us today, but you probably wouldn't try to treat that broken ankle yourself and, and mental illness is no different. So don't feel that you have the weight of the world on your shoulders and you need to do it all yourself. Um, just feel, hopefully you'll feel comfortable to recognize that there are resources available to help. And then I would say the last one, which I really has, this has really made an impact for me is making a conscious effort to shift your outlook on stress, um, frame it as neutral and really discuss with, with your team, with your, your employees or your colleagues, you know, frame it as neutral and discuss what the positive elements of stress can be and how we can really not eliminate stress, but how can we optimize it? How can we make each person feel, uh, that state of eustress or good stress and help people achieve that state of flow. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, Lisa. Um, this session has been very insightful as you've shared some practical tips with examples that we can use to help us manage our well-being and optimize on our mental health. Thank you for your time. Uh, you've been listening to Toronto Centre Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Mm -hmm.